0: Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be disturbing, frightening, and in some cases even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Hey, there is very, very adult content ahead and you have been warned. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And, on today's Dark Enigma, well, we're going to be having a little bit of fun, or a lot of fun, depending on your views, and we do owe it all to another listener request. Although, the request was for a story on succubuses, or succubi, meh, who knows, I thought, hey, We're an equal opportunity podcast, so we're going to look at sex demons, both male and female. That's right, today's episode is on succubi and incubis, or succubus and incubus, however you pronounce it, I don't know. Now, before we jump into this tawdry warm pool that I can't wait for, we do have some business. Ah, oh, yes, our drinking game. As always, the drinking game is only for those listeners that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight, because I promise you, tonight's episode is going to get you pretty tipsy, <laughs> and you're going to love it. Um, So today's subject is, well, eh, kind of juicy. So, how about we do some sex-on-the-beach shots? Or, if you prefer, screaming orgasm shots. I know those are my favorites, personally, but whatever. Now for the game part. Every time I say succubus or incubus, that's going to be a single shot. And every time I say demon, well, that'll be a double shot. Alright, now that we have our business in taken care of, let's all jump in. Clothing optional. Clothing optional into today's dark enigma. Ironically, a supernatural beast of two backs. (laughs) Of the many and varied monsters that have plagued and terrified people for countless centuries, there are very few which are more frightening than bedroom invading things known as incubus and succubus. They are, respectively, male and female monsters that, in numerous quarters, are perceived as having outright demonic origins. I know, how could something so good be so bad, right? And they are hideous things that have a long history of diabolical interaction with the human race. As evidence of this, reports of these evil entities date back not just decades or centuries, but millennia. One of those reports comes from Michelle of Corpus Christi, Texas, who had just such an encounter in 1993. Picture this scene. It's around 3 a.m., and you're fast asleep in your bed, when suddenly you find yourself in a semi awake state. Confusion and terror quickly overwhelm you as you realize you're unable to move. Even worse than that, you sense that something dangerous and possibly malevolent is walking or is it crawling towards the bedroom. You struggle to move, but it's all to no avail. The thing finally enters the room, and you see its hideous form. It looms over you, like the monstrous sword of Damocles. Your heart pounds and your breathing becomes shallow as the nightmarish beast jumps onto the bed, straddles you, and forcibly pins you down. The creature screams at the top of its voice in a wailing, banshee-like style and proceeds to have violent sex with you, against your will. You try to fight it off, but your arms and legs are like leaded weights. And then, as suddenly as the horrifying encounter began it's all over. The oppressive atmosphere is gone, the evil entity has vanished as well, and you find yourself shaking and in a cold sweat as you wonder if what just happened was the result of a really bad dream or something more. Violation at the claws of a supernatural monster. Well, that's precisely what happened to Michelle. Encounters of this kind, like I just described, extend back to the earliest years of human civilization. Indeed, the term incubus is taken from an ancient Latin word incubare, which means to lie upon you, which is the most apt description of what they do. As for their appearances, incubus and succubus can take on multiple forms. They are forms which range from beautiful to hideous monsters one of the very earliest examples of such a creature is Lilith. Her name is highly appropriate too, because in English it means night hag. Not exactly the kind of thing any of us should aspire to cross paths with, but Lilith's dark origins can be found in the ancient mythology and folklore of Mesopotamia, and particularly so within the culture of the Babylonians. Despite the fact that she's described as being a beautiful woman with long and flowing hair, there is absolutely nothing positive about Lilith. She would regularly manifest in the homes of sleeping men, slip into their beds, and have sex with them. The purpose of which, well, ancient lore tells us, was to allow Lilith to steal sperm from her victims and use it to create hideous demonic babies. Almost certainly connected to Lilith were Lilitu and Lilu, who played major roles in the lore of the Sumerian people thousands of years ago. This paranormal pair, too, was focused on terrifying people in the middle of the night, violating them, and then vanishing back into the darkness from which they came. Joseph McCabe, a noted expert on these two demon-like entities and the author of The Story of Religious Controversy, describes them as ferocious beings that were part animal and part human. Interesting. But going back through the centuries and embedded within the folklore of a wide range of regions is the idea of a species of demon, both in female and male form, which appears to seduce and steal life energy most commonly the female, the succubus, which comes from the Latin word succuba, meaning paramour. These demons take on various appearances and are endowed with different powers depending on the tradition, but most generally follow the idea that they use sexual activity to target their prey, often in the realm of dream, enticing and pulling their victims in to hold them close and feed off of them. Sex demons of this variety are represented in one form or another across geographical boundaries and religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, as well as the legends of myriad far-flung cultures. Considering that it is men we're talking about here, many of the legends describe the experience as rather, well, enjoyable in the heat of the moment. But in the aftermath, often is said to bring exhaustion, stupor, hallucinations, insanity, and even death. Hm I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit like marriage to me. <laughs> I'm kidding. But all of this surely must be myth, right? Surely there can't be anything to the idea of a sex-starved demon preying on men and women, because, okay, wait a minute, maybe that's true. <laughs> Well, you might be surprised to know that there are numerous accounts throughout the centuries of supposed encounters with these demonic vixens. In fact, supposed encounters with real succubi go way, way back in time. A very early, supposedly real encounter comes from the 11th century, when Herbert of Aurelac, yeah, I know, I fucked that up, I'm drunk, get over it, who became Pope Sylvester II in 999 or 10 or right around 1000, one day met a mysterious woman as a young man. Well, he was the young man and she was a young woman because that just sounded wrong, didn't it? (laughs) Anyways, the woman called herself Meridiana and offered him all of the sins of the flesh and lust-filled sex that he could ever want beyond his wildest dreams, as well as wealth good fortune, and knowledge of the mystical arts, if he would only stay faithful to her and her alone. Well, I don't know about most men, but yeah, most men would jump at that crap. (laughs) Anyway, Herbert would purportedly agree to these terms and subsequently rose quickly up the ranks of the church, all while satisfying his every carnal desire with Meridiana, quite against his vows, and all kept secret, of course. Because men, right? This went on until one day, the woman predicted that Herbert, who was by that time Pope, would die for his sins. He would repent and die just as predicted, and to this day it is said that his grave sweats just before the death of a Pope. Legend? Maybe. Who knows? Whatever it was, it is widely said that this mysterious woman was indeed a succubus. In the 17th century, though, we have the tale of a man named Johannes Junius, who was the Burgermeister of Bamberg. Say that ten times fast. And he was convicted of witchcraft and burn at the stake in 1628. But before his execution, he had confessed that in 1624, he had been seduced by a woman who revealed herself to be a succubus and demanded that he renounce God. The frightened man had then taken the name Crix, a warlock name, and had even been provided with his own familiar. And from then on he became further and further hopelessly involved with the world of witches and their sabbats, attending black masses and often reported as riding about on a horrific flying black dog. Through all of this, he adamantly insisted that he had refused to sacrifice humans, despite being implored by his succubus lover to do so. But he paid for his ways, nevertheless, it seems that the era was rife with accused witches blaming succubi for their actions, because this account is similar to a sixteenth century account recorded by author Nicholas Remy, who said that there had once been a sheepherder who had been accused of witchcraft and sentenced to die before he was burned. He too claimed that he had been seduced and corrupted by a succubus disguised as a milkmaid who had come to him in the dark for him and twisted his mind and soul with her charms. I don't know about you, but it sounds an awful lot like men behaving badly blaming women for it. But, you know, we have women behaving badly too, men. I'm not just picking on you. In later centuries, there is an account from the 19th century when a popular French author named J.K. J. Housmans claimed that he had fallen under the spell of a succubus. At the time, he had purportedly been on a pilgrimage to a monastery. One night during his retreat, he apparently was visited in his dream by the foul demon, who pleasured him right to the point of intense climax before he woke up to see her fading away right before his eyes. Thinking it all to be a dream, he was soon convinced it was real when he discovered the form of the woman intented into his bed next to him and could smell her scent in the air. He believed at the time that the succubus had spirited away his semen in order to use to fertilize human women by the male form of the demon, the incubus. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, dude. Sorry, you were just having a wet dream. Get over yourself. Now, Martin Baker's encounter with just such a creature from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, was in 2007, and it led him to conclude that, rather than being a demonic entity, his encounter with an entity that looked like Lilith was actually an alien-human hybrid engaged in gene splicing experiments. I just had to throw some aliens in there, because, you know, it's always aliens. Now, the people of Newfoundland, Canada, have their own tradition of a particular shapeshifter. It is known to the locals as the old hag. For most people who have the misfortune to meet the monster, they describe it as a witch-like entity with long black hair and piercing evil eyes, and dressed in a flowing black gown. She straddles her victims and either forces them into sex or she just sits on them. No real, you know. They don't really know they screaming wildly into their hysterical, wide eyed faces. So basically, it's a crazy woman that sits on you and screams at you. So really starting to sound a lot like marriage. <laughs> no, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but yeah, okay. Equally disturbing is the evil imp that squats atop a sleeping, beautiful woman in Henry Fusili's 1781 painting, The Nightmare. Now, I bring up Henry Fusili because if you look at his work, and I know, I know, I'm getting into art and blah, 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 whatever, but Fusili is obsessed with demon entities. He liked combining horror with erotica. The artwork graphically captures the nature of the evil encounters. In Thailand, the creatures of the night are known as Fiam. For the people of China, it's the Pinyin that they fear. Mongolia has the Karinbu. While in Tibet, the Dipnon should be avoided at all costs. And Pakistan has century-old stories of the Shitan. All of these things perform the same stress-filled and sex-based acts. Yet, they take on physical appearances that suit the era and the area that they're in. Because the incubus demon visits its victim at night, the word incubus comes from the Latin word incubu, which literally means a nightmare induced by such a demon. Because the incubus demon can become fixated on a particular victim, some women have died from exhaustion after being visited by the same incubus demon over and over. The Incubus Demon is mentioned in the earliest work of fiction, and we still have it today. That's right, if you've never read it, The Epic of Gilgamesh. It's a great read, by the way. In it, Gilgamesh's father is said to be a demon that attacks women in their sleep. In some traditions, an Incubus Demon will put its victim in a trance so that they are unable to move or call for help. And you know what? One study found that as many as 11% of people will have an experience in their lifetime that may be described similarly to an attack by an incubus demon, though the study characterized the phenomena as a form of sleep paralysis. And of course, we know the female ver- version of the incubus is a succubus. There are our female demons that visit men at night and can become pregnant. Much like regular women, right? Some people believe incubus demons and succubus Succubus demons are the same entities, possessing the ability to switch between male and female forms. Stories of the incubus demon and succubus demon are told in many different cultures around the world. For example, in German fol- folklore, the Alp is a vampire like creature who visits its victims at night. It wears a cape called the Tarnkappe, which is imbued with magical powers. I don't know. I'm German and the only thing magical was my grandfather's magic kilt, but, you know, that had other things to do with it. Anyways, in African folklore, the Popobawa is a shape-shifting evil spirit who stalks victims at night from the shadows, and the way to stop a Popobawa from repeatedly attacking you is to tell other people that you've been victimized by one. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I just like saying Popabawa. That's an awesome word. You guys need to say that more often. Chilean folklore has the trucao. It's a small, ugly, humanoid creature who attacks women. These attacks aren't restricted to nighttime, but the victims often end up pregnant. I think that's just a really ugly guy that's short. I don't know about you. Hungarian folklore has the liduric, and it's called a satanic lover. It can have the body of a human, but leaves the footsteps of a horse. Only if he's hung like one. Sorry, couldn't stop myself. All right, then we have South African folklore and the Tikoloshi. It's a small, hairy supernatural being who is said to rape women and bite off children's toes while they are sleeping. That is just a very specific diet. I'm just saying. And, Norse folklore has a mare as a demonic being that sits on a sleeping person's chest and causes them to have nightmares and that's where we actually get the term nightmare from Anyways, reports of sex demons, both Incubus and Succubus, have gone on all the way into modern time, such as the one from 2007, where he didn't want to give his name, but he says he was kept awake for three days straight by some seductive demonic force, after which things escalated quickly. And here is his story, and I'm just going to quote it for you, so open quotes. I felt something touch my hand, not physically, but something much deeper, down to my soul, and it warmed me while I was lying in bed, wondering what was going to happen to me. I was completely awake, and I could take an entire lifetime to describe the world that I saw. I remember most of what happened so vividly. Her touch was perfect, and her master in the art, well, beyond my imagination. I couldn't see her, though. I just felt sensations on my body and talked with her in my mind. She bade me to take her to a quiet place where my parents wouldn't hear us. So, I went out to the car in the dark. Seriously, dude, you live at home with your mom? Okay, never mind. Let's get back to his story. Things further progressed sexually. Am I the only one who's thinking that this might be his excuse for getting, like, indecent exposure by the cops? Okay, never mind. Let's go back to it. Things further progressed sexually, and my energies were absolutely phenomenal. Okay. She always did the perfect thing to keep me going. As things progressed, I could begin to see more of her. The one thing that caught my eyes the most were her eyes. When I looked into them, I saw the stars and the heavens and thought of the atoms and matter that make each one, but all of that was still not enough to justify those eyes. They pointed me to another world, and all of what I saw in them pointed to an innocent desire to make love. Okay, I'm getting a little nauseous here. Sorry her body was effervescent. It changed according to what would arouse me the most, and I could not see her breast or private parts. They were numb to the eyes. It was her hair, body type, skin color, ethnicity that all changed. She would morph seamlessly, moment by moment. Another prominent feature of the experience was her scent. It was incredibly intoxicating, like a sort of indescribable flower with intimate features. It reminded me of everything that is good and beautiful in the world, and it described what I saw in her eyes. All of her touch. It wasn't so much physical as it was much, much deeper. The whole nature of the experience was so innocent. I felt no guilt, no darkness, no lust whatsoever. The focus was on pleasing her and in turn she wished to please me. She would often giggle and I felt as though we were in the Garden of Eden making love for the first time in all creation and that God had given her such a magnificent gift of doing so. I didn't believe that, but that's the closest way my mind could describe it. She brought me to a certain point where I felt I could go no further, never achieving climax yet during the experience. All of a sudden, she broke down crying, telling me that I would be going through a very hard time. Just then, I saw a vision and felt presences all around me. I was reminded of Christ and his experiences leading up to his crucifixion with visual hallucinations, and I saw the spiritual side of what was happening to him. I asked her who she was, but she didn't answer me. I saw that she understood that she could not understand the pain that I had just witnessed. After six hours from our first touch, she worked me into an incredible climax. Yeah, I'm going to go with, you know what, with the whole religious crap at the end. Yeah, whatever, dude. I'm saying if you told that story to the cops, I'm not believing it either. (laughs) Okay. Now, in 2012, we have another witness, and we're going to go ahead and name him Ethan, um, who says that this happened as he was living in Bakersfield why are all the succubus and incubuses in California what the hell's up with that I mean okay never mind he says that this bizarre encounter happened one day after he had returned from school and tried to get ready for the homework that lay ahead of him okay why is it that they always live at home with their mom and dad okay sorry I'm I know I'm I'm getting sidetracked I'm sorry okay so he's getting ready for homework I'm I'm thinking you know these are just 16 year old boys that are having fantasies He lay down for a moment and ended up crashing out, but this was not meant to last, because according to his experience, he fell asleep instantly, but did not sleep soundly at all. He dreamt that an evil being was in his home, and it was trying to get into his room. It finally broke in, and as soon as it did, Ethan jolted awake with a ringing sound in his ears. Ethan felt the demon. It was on the wall behind his head, holding Ethan's limbs down. It had something in his ears, and his left ear began to vibrate violently. The strange sensation spread to his right ear as well. Ethan fought as best as he could, but could not break free. He cursed at the being and tried to free his arms and legs. The demon only laughed at him, an eerie and horrific sound that was neither deep nor high-pitched. So, like, right in the middle, right? Okay. The demon cried out, "'Soon!' and released Ethan." Ethan sat up rapidly, leaping out of the bed and turned on the lights, but when light flooded his bedroom, there was nothing out of the ordinary. However, his dogs were acting abnormal, barking, leaping at the door, and trying desperately to get into their owner. He went to the bathroom and was startled to see his reflection in the mirror. His eyes were bloodshot with the whites of his eyes completely red. Ethan realized he had been visited by a succubus demon. And he remains terrified of the demon returning, but has not had another incident ever since. I I don't know if if I'm buying succubus there, because nothing sexual happened, so I'm thinking that maybe, dude, you might have smoked a little too much pot. But there are so many more reports, and it does beg to question, are these just legends born of men and women, you know, just being corny and having suggestive thoughts or dreams? Or is there something more to this whole succubus-incubus phenomena? The main rational explanation for all of this is that the legends are based around a phenomenon known as sleep paralysis, in which we wake in a domain somewhere between sleep and wakefulness, where dreams continue on and can be perceived as very, very real. Since we are kept in our paralytic sleep state, we can feel as if we can't move, and the dream figure can take on many forms depending on what we expect to see, so really it's kind of our mind playing tricks on us when we're not quite awake. Now, this explanation has been used to try to explain away everything from ghost sightings to alien abductions to, of course, sex demons. You know, because people like me like to dream about sex. But is that what we're dealing with here? our sleepy mind playing tricks on us and invoking these illusions and hallucinations, perhaps in this case flavored with sexual frustration. It's unknown, but the fact is that the phenomena has been with us for hundreds of years and it doesn't show any sign of giving up anytime soon. Lucky us. Anyways, with that we've come to the end of our episode, and I do thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think, and hey, if you've been attacked by a succubus or an incubus, tell me about it, because I need something to fantasize about. You can reach the show, as always, at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com, and if you have suggestions for future shows, or if you just want to tell me what you think, drop me a line. On that note, That's all the time we have for today, so thank you for joining us here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time, my heathens. Lucky me. We don't sugarcoat shit. (laughs) This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.